Hey Hoosier fans, Will's wife Tatiana here. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of The Assembly Call. To kick off this show, I wanted to share an opportunity with you to help children around the great state of Indiana by donating to Indiana University Dance Marathon, benefiting Riley Hospital for Children in Indianapolis. For those of you who don't know, IUDM is a 36-hour, no-sitting, no-sleeping event to celebrate IU students' fundraising efforts year-round for Riley. This year's marathon is right around the corner on November 4th through 6th, and as an organization, we are trying to surpass our total raise last year, which was an astounding $3.88 million. I have a personal goal of raising $3,000 for the kids at Riley, but I need your help. To make a donation, no matter how big or small, please visit assemblycall.com backslash IUDM. Any amount adds up and helps to create miracles for families at Riley. As a personal thank you, I will send a Riley Hospital for Children wristband to my next 20 donors of any amount. Simply donate to my fundraising page and shoot me an email containing your mailing address at tatadams at indiana.edu. Thanks for all of your help and support for the kids. That is how you're a champion. It really is. And now, get ready for another brand new edition of the Assembly Call. And welcome, Hoosier fans, to another special off-season episode of the Assembly Call. Very excited to be talking with you tonight as we get ever closer to another IU basketball season with Hoosier Hysteria coming up this Saturday. I am your host, Jared Morris. I'm here with my co-hosts, Andy Bottoms and Ryan Phillips. Will DeWitt is out this evening. And we're going to be talking IU basketball tonight, and we are very excited not only to be broadcasting live at assemblycall.com slash live on the web, but also on 1450 The Sports Buzz in Jeffersonville, Indiana. So hello to everybody who is listening to us live on the sports buzz. We always appreciate uh, being streamed on that fine station. Uh, all righty. Well, let's hop into this. It's, you know, it's the off season, but there is never a shortage of news when it comes to IU basketball from the practice on Saturday to the big recruit announcement tomorrow with Tremont waters. Maybe don't hold your breath on that one. A lot of the chatter seems to be leading toward Georgetown, uh, but we'll wait and see uh, on that tomorrow. Uh, let's kick off tonight's show, as we always do, uh, going around the horn, and we will start with our Hoosier Proud banner moment. Uh, and for me, you know, there can't be anything else that makes a Hoosier feel prouder right now than seeing the renovations that have been done to Assembly Hall. Uh, as we've mentioned, we're going to be coming up this year for our annual Assembly Call meetup on January 7th for the Illinois game, and I cannot wait to see the new Assembly Hall. It truly looks like they kept their word, made good on their promise to maintain what we all love about Assembly Hall and to keep it as the number one home court advantage in college basketball while really adding uh, some nice new touches to it. It just looks immaculate. I love the fact that they kept the old scoreboards, uh, you know, just those little touches. It it just it's one of those things you see the pictures of it. And if you're a longtime IU fan, if you grew up going to games at Assembly Hall, It just takes your breath away. So kudos to Fred Glass. Kudos to everybody involved in the renovation. It looks spectacular. And from everybody who's been there in person, not just seen it in pictures, uh, the reports are phenomenal. And so I know I speak on behalf of all of us when I say that I cannot wait to get there and see it live. Uh, It looks great. Uh, I do want to, so obviously uh, our banner moments now are sponsored by our friends at Hoosier Proud. Connor and the guys at Hoosier Proud do a great job uh, of making some t-shirts that Indiana fans will love. And I am very excited tonight to announce that they are taking over the t-shirt production for the assembly call. And so starting right now, if you go to assemblycall.com slash shirts, it will redirect you to the gallery page at hoosierproud.com where you can get our shirts. You can get the crimson shirt with the white assembly call logo or the the white shirt with the crimson assembly call logo. And if you use the promo code assembly, A-S-S-E-M-B-L-Y, 
you get 15% off. And that's good not just on the Assembly Call t-shirts, uh, but on any of the t-shirts that they have. The Kick is Good t-shirt, all of their great uh, Indiana t-shirts. If you have a Hoosier and you're thinking about getting them something for Christmas, say, uh, Hoosier Proud is a great place to go. I've already purchased a couple of their t-shirts, and I love them. Uh, and you also support the assembly call when you buy the assembly call t-shirts as well as they contribute uh, a portion of those proceeds right back to the show, which we greatly appreciate. So again, uh, hoosierproud.com, but go to assemblycall.com slash shirts to check out the gallery of assembly call shirts. We hope you like them. I certainly like them. Uh, and we of course plan on picking some up for ourselves. So you'll see us uh, wearing them here on the show. Uh, and with that said, let's get, uh, Andy and Ryan in here and get their opening thoughts. Uh, Andy, what is your bottoms line for tonight's episode? Well, we'll talk uh, as we get going tonight uh, about some of the things we've seen on the court and the practice that was televised. But, um, you know, kind of an off the court thing was you know, Big Ten Media Day last week. And I think any of these events, the, the dedication of Assembly Hall, uh, it, it gives at least a little glimpse into who might be stepping up as leaders on this team. And I know leadership is one of the things that, uh, you know, everybody's looking to see how that shakes out. And I thought, you know, listening to a lot of the coverage that uh, Alex had inside the hall and uh, all the other pieces about about the guys that were at media day. So Thomas Bryant, uh, James Blackman Jr. And then uh, Robert Johnson, you know, just, you know, continue to be impressed by the way they represent the university. Uh, you know, all the things they had to say, a lot of good things to get everybody excited about the season. And, and it makes you feel like, you know, it's easy to read a lot into who gets picked to go and represent the school there. But uh, I think in some ways that's a, a tip of the hat to those guys for, from a leadership perspective. I think certainly we'll see Colin Hartman do that uh, from the sidelines. And same thing with Robert Johnson, you know, some of his comments about uh, Assembly Hall and uh, you know, all the work that was done there is, is exciting. And so, um, you know, we get caught up pretty easily in the, the things that are on the court and we'll spend the majority of the rest of our time tonight talking about that. But, you know, just thought, again, you know, good uh, tip of the hat to those guys, the way they represent the university, both at Media Day and uh, in, in those kinds of group settings. I think it's a, a good group of kids and ones that we're all going to be really excited to root for. Absolutely. Ryan, it's time for your rant. And I swear when I saw the announcement that the Big Ten was going to test out doing video replay for charge calls, that that was going to be the subject of your rant tonight. We're holding we're holding that for another show I, because I could do the entire show. The entire episode. <laughs> what, what a disaster that's going to be. Um, no, what I wanted to mention, I think, that was the most encouraging thing that I saw this week was that during that televised practice, just the energy from everybody, you know, from, from Tom Crane down to the managers, uh, of course, including the players, it just seemed like, I mean, look, I've, I've watched a lot of college basketball practices, many Indiana practices before coach Crean was there when they were open. Um, and, and, and a lot of, you know, basketball practices at any level that is as energetic, fast, up-tempo a practice I've ever seen. And, that really prepares you for a game. I mean, I don't think people understand that, that when things are going crazy and scatterbrained, if you're used to that, then it's a good chance for you to have an advantage. Uh, but just uh, they got a lot done. You know, I mean, it seemed like every five minutes they were on to something else and they were done with what they needed to get done because everybody was moving fast. There wasn't a whole lot of let's stop and slowly walk through the drill. It seemed like everybody already was on the same page, knew what the coaches were asking for. And if they got it wrong – it was corrected in a very quick, fast manner. So um, it just the up-tempo nature of the practice, I think. And, and we've heard about that for years. We haven't seen it because the practices have been from behind closed doors. So I just thought that that was really encouraging. You see these guys are really working incredibly hard. Uh, they're clearly focused, and they're clearly all on the same page. And imagine the attention to detail if Crean wasn't being distracted by John Crispin the entire Seriously, time. Seriously, that was hilarious, by <laughs> it the way. Was. Just like, every couple of, oh, what, you want to talk to me? What, I... Sorry. I, and in Crispin, you know, calling him out in the middle of being, hey, coach, you know, yeah. it's like, can you imagine like how annoying that had to be to somebody like Green is so high energy and focused like that? It was. Hilarious. I know we're uh, Alex and I are interviewing John Crispin tomorrow morning for podcast on the brink. So I'll be really interested to hear what his overall impressions were from practice. Uh, that will be good. Alrighty, so we are going to break down a lot of individual players. We have a great preseason episode. This is kind of part one of our preseason special uh, a season preview because, folks, we have this show, one more show, and then it's postgame show time because the exhibition games will have started. So things are happening fast. Uh, I do want to offer a, a thank you to everybody who supported us with donations over the past week. So many donations have come in. We really, really appreciate it. That is an important way uh, that we generate revenue to be able to expand the coverage as we've done uh, and be able to bring you all the coverage that we have here on the assembly call. And of course, the other way 
there are one of the other ways that we generate revenue uh, is through some sponsorships. And our presenting sponsor is SeatGeek. They're back for another year. We are very excited uh, that they remain our sponsor. Uh, and we like SeatGeek because they do such a great job with tickets. I mean, and, and as you know, buying tickets online for sports and concerts has been a confusing process for a long time. It's always been hard to find the best deal for that game or show you want to go to. And none of those other ticket sites really seem to want to change that. But SeatGeek is different. And that's why I think all of us on this show use SeatGeek. We will be using SeatGeek when we travel up to Indiana on January 7th for the game. Uh, it's the first place we go when we're looking for tickets because they do the price comparison for us by searching multiple ticket sites. And that ensures that we get the best possible deal. And we want you to get the best possible deal. Whether you're looking for IU football tickets, IU basketball tickets, even concert tickets, uh, use SeatGeek. And here's a way that you can actually get a $20 rebate off your first purchase. So download the SeatGeek app or go to SeatGeek.com. This works either way. And in the settings tab, click add a promo code and then add the promo code assembly, A-S-S-E-M-B-L-Y. And when you do that and make your first purchase, SeatGeek will send you $20, a $20 rebate off that first purchase. Again, download the SeatGeek app. Enter the promo code assembly, A-S-S-E-M-B-L-Y. All righty. In just a moment, we will start breaking down some of the individual performances that we saw at Indiana's practice on Saturday, and we will begin with OG and Anobi. All righty. So let's hop in, fellas, and let's talk about some impressions from that first practice. And I will just tell you my first impression, and I talked about this with Alex on Podcast on the Brink, so I won't go into it too much here because I want to hear your guys' thoughts. I thought OG Ananobi looked phenomenal. I thought he, I mean, athletically, obviously, he's always looked good. Physically, he's always looked good. But what really impressed me was his mentality. He looked like a guy who wasn't kind of waiting around, wasn't deferring like he did a lot last year. It looked like he had taken on a bit of an alpha dog mentality. And, and again, you don't want to overreact. It's just one practice. But he looked like a guy who was assertive. He looked like a guy who was confident, uh, making a much wider array, certainly of offensive moves than we saw. And he just appears to me to be a guy who is ready to make good on what is a lot of preseason hype. But he looks like he's ready to make good on it. Ryan, what were your initial thoughts of OG in that practice? I, you know, I thought he was where he should be. You know, I think I think it, you, as you said, there's a lot of expectations on him, and and there's been a lot of hype and a lot of preseason talk, and even going back to last season, some people were talking about him. You know, after a couple of tournament games, going pro because uh, of the the growth potential he had. Um, but I think that that based on those expectations, he's where he should be. I think that he still needs to work on ball handling. I think that was pretty obvious that that his ball handling wasn't. Um, elite scorer level if you're going to be driving through the middle. I think that it was good and it's certainly improved, but I think if you have to nitpick things, that's one thing I'd look at. Um, his three point shot, obviously he hit like 45% last year around. And, and I think that it, it looked like he's going to be consistent with that. I think that there are some kinks in his shot that he still needs to work out, but that's what these next two weeks are for is to just get into a perfect flow with everything. Um, but athletically he looks, if anything, even better. Um, and he, like you said, assertiveness. I mean, when they were running those up and down drills, uh, the fast break drills and and he would just take it, drive right into the lane and dunk it, you know, I mean, easily, that is something we did not see last year. Last year he did that maybe once or twice. Mostly he was an off the ball dunker, you know, backdoor cut, get the ball and slam it home um, or a rebound and put back. But he was not a, you know, a guy who was going to going to drive left, drive right and, and finish at the rim. So uh, I, you know, again, I think that this is a guy and I've said it many times, the sky is the limit to his ceiling. So, uh, I, I obviously uh, think that it's great to see him where he's at, and I think that he's about where we expected him to be at with those high expectations. One of the things that stood out to me um, and probably may, may have somewhat gone unnoticed, and I think we remarked about this after the season last year, about how poorly he shot free throws, which seemed uh, kind of strange given how well he shot the ball other places. He made all four of his free throws during the, the sessions where they were doing you know five possessions a side. Um, so that was a good sign, and, and I think he's a guy who's going to get fouled uh, a lot because he presents some, some mismatches. So that stood out to me. Uh, I, I think the shooting... Uh, I would agree that his shot is kind of odd. I think somebody even remarked in one of our first Facebook posts about what you know what people saw. Is somebody said something about his shot. So I was gonna let Ryan, who's our like resident Tim Buckley shot doctor, uh, <laughs> touch on that a little bit. But I, you know, I, it did it did look kind of odd. But I tell you, I mean, 
to the extent they were kind of uh, the camera would kind of bounce back and forth. So it was hard to look a lot. But I would say that, um, you know, most of the ones that you saw, he, he shot at a pretty good clip for what he was there. And obviously there wasn't defense for a good part of that and and those kinds of things. But his shot is effective. It is a little unorthodox. I'll definitely give you that that but um you know i felt good about that and and you know i just wrote i mean i kind of tried to write down notes after i watched it and i just wrote poised for breakout on his um and i think you saw that when thomas bryant started talking about him at media day how he just kind of got this you know kind of smile and got to talking about it just saying i you know i can't wait for people to see him and uh and how good he's going to be so uh certainly a lot of a lot of hype for him to deal with but seems like uh, the kind of kid that that's not gonna uh not going to go to his head too much. And even if it did, uh, he's not one that wants to talk to the media. So he's like a polite Cam Newton where he doesn't really say anything, but he's uh, polite while doing it as opposed to the other way around. So, um, so he's I, nothing I, like Cam Newton is what you're saying. Uh, <laughs> yes, that's correct. So, so yeah, anti Cam Newton, whatever. But uh, yeah, so I, I, you know, I, I came away just as excited about him uh, as I was before. And I think as a whole, we'll get into the rest of these guys. The sophomore class is going to be uh, a pretty exciting one to watch. Ryan, real quick, you are the shot doctor. I mean, thoughts on just OG shot and maybe the one or two things he needs to work on? Well, I think part of it is he has really big hands, and so I, I think that it's tougher for a guy like that to grip the ball in the traditional manner. The ball on his three rests a little more on his palm than his fingertips when he's shooting from long range. Uh, that probably comes as a result of the way he holds the ball all the rest of the time and doesn't you know, keep it on his fingertips. He probably, because he can palm the ball easily, it rests a little more. But the thing is, is that it, the best shot is one that goes in. It has not, I mean, you know, if you're going to develop a guy from nothing, there are ways to teach him how to shoot. But uh, I always go back to Jordan Hulls. He had an incredibly unorthodox shot, but it worked for him. So if it's working for him, you don't want to radically change it. You might have some tips to to tweak it. But like I said, the best shot is one that goes in. And if he makes it work, then leave it that way. You know, tinker with it a little more balance, things like that. But don't change the release, the rotation, all that. If that's working, it's working. Are you pushing to make that this year's uh, official season slogan? The best shot is one that goes in. Maybe get that. Well, I mean, I don't. I, I'd love to take credit for that, but I've heard that so many times that <laughs> you know what? No, I came up. I just came up with that. There we go. <laughs> now, I'm going to take credit for that. Very nice. So, so real quick, guys, I want to get your thoughts, just your impressions on Tom Crean in that practice. And we covered this a little bit. You know, it's something that we've heard about: the energy, the attention to detail. And I thought what really impressed me about that practice and seeing Coach Crean was how, I mean, it's like it's like he saw everybody, and everybody was the the object of his coaching. You know, we heard Kyle McRoberts get, you know, a whole, a whole lot of mention in there, and we'll get to him a little bit later because he looks like a guy who may be able to contribute. But, you know, Andy, just your general thoughts of watching Coach Crean operate, even distracted as he was from John Crispin, but I think it shows you, again, that level of attention to detail and and, and why players get so much better under him because he's not going to let a mistake go. One of the the phrases we heard over and over again was do it again, do it again, do it again. And he had players repeat it, not wanting to let a mistake go uncorrected. Yeah. I'd say I was struck largely by the same thing. Just the attention to detail where he talked about, you know, about to, to Brian about turning his hips when he comes, you know, into a shot, how he does those kinds of things, how guys need to get their feet coming off the screen, uh, you know, to go downhill as, as he kept saying. And I, you know, and, and the same level of coaching was seen by, you know, again, on Quentin Taylor, who's a, you know, a walk on and, and Zach McRoberts, as you said, um, and as you saw with, you know, Bryant and OG. And uh, I, I love the moment when OG got beat back door by Grant Gilon. And he said, if you do that in the game, you're out. I can't yeah. play you if you're going to play defense like that. And so I think um, while I, I'd like to think you could do that to every player, um, you know, I think OG to kind of circle back to him again is probably a guy who's not going to get upset by that. And takes the coaching well, but I just thought, um, you know, kind of the way he spread out his attention across everybody, uh, and that attention to detail stuck out. I, obviously, the the enthusiasm and um, you know some of those kinds of things. If if anybody played any kind of drinking game, every time you said good, you'd have been dead like three minutes into it. But um, <laughs> you know, I, it just very in tune with everything. It seemed like, uh, despite being distracted, like you said, there was uh, you know very little kind of was was missed by him uh in doing that but you also you know heard him talk about how much he trusts the assistants as well and that was another thing i thought was was cool to kind of give hear him give those guys um you know their credit and, and how much he relies on them to do things when either he's not around uh or just even when he is around just because of their background and experience yeah i think that one of the most impressive things for me was when he pulled aside to crispin and and i don't know uh what his exact wording was but it said i don't break guys down I encourage, 
and and, and you could we tell are not that. a demeaning staff was there that you go exact and it was words. it was very I mean, it was encouraging to hear that because guys responded to that clearly well. You know, the do it again. You didn't do it right. No, this is how you do it. Now do it. You know, it was it was less about telling them what they did wrong and more about what they needed to do right. And and while that seems like a little thing, it's not in the mind of an 18, 19, 20-year-old. You don't want to constantly be told what you're doing wrong. You want to be shown how to do it right. And I think that that's a better teaching tool, especially these days with kids who, quite frankly, are more sensitive to some things. And and I thought that was encouraging. And, and like Andy said, the 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 relying on his staff. And he said, you know, I, I don't even need to be here for this practice to run because everybody is on the same page and we all know what we need to get accomplished. So I thought those were the two most encouraging things from, from the practice. And yeah, the energy is unbelievable and the attention to detail. Nobody works harder than Tom Crean and this staff. He may not, you know, we, we can discuss his coaching moves and all that stuff another time, but as far as preparation, practice, the way they work, nobody works harder than this staff. Absolutely. You know, I think the other thing that a lot of people wanted to see uh, when the, when we first heard that that practice was going to be televised to see kind of what shakes out with the point guard role. You know, we're going to get to see Robert Johnson in that role some. This is our first look at Josh Newkirk. Uh, and I'd love to get your guys' impressions there. You know, for me, I thought Newkirk looked more athletic than I thought he would, um, both just not having seen him play very much and knowing that he's coming off the microfracture surgery. Now, the handle looked a little bit loose, and I thought Robert Johnson looked a little bit rusty, but considering he's coming off an injury too – Again, you don't want to make too many, you know, harsh judgments from one hour of practice. Uh, but Andy, what did you see from those two guys who were assuming, you know, are going to be handling most of the the quote unquote uh, point guard role, such as there will be a point guard on this year's IU team? Yeah, I thought it was one of the drills where they were doing. I think the it was some of the five on none, uh, you know, break scenarios. Uh, you notice, you know, those two guys had the ball, but you also saw Blackman bring it up, and I think Curtis Jones was the other one. I, I don't know if Devonte Green did it all, but they, you know, I tried to watch in those scenarios of as they broke those units up, who was really handling the ball. It seemed like a good early indication. So, you know, I think as as most people have come to believe. Uh, you know, this is going to be a committee situation to do that. Uh, I do think Johnson and Newkirk are probably going to have the chance to do it first. Um, I agree with you on on Robert that he did look a little rusty. I thought he probably looked the best of them of them all defensively, though, which is going to be uh, really important. I thought Newkirk got beat a few times, but I think he has a potential to be a good defender. Uh, I thought Newkirk's shot looked good. Um, he was a guy who, when you look back at his stats, shot the ball really well as a freshman and not very well at all as a sophomore. Um, so again, to the extent that the camera angle would allow you to you know, keep track of keep track of what shots were going in and what weren't, I thought uh, I thought he generally shot the ball pretty well. And I think you know they have different enough games where they can provide a little bit of a change of pace uh, from one to the other. So I think it's going to be a pretty fluid situation early. Uh, obviously, you know Johnson's got a couple years in the system. Uh, already and Newkirk at least was able to kind of watch from a you know the sidelines last year during his uh, season he had to sit out because of transfer so I think they'll get the first crack at it uh, I thought both looked okay neither looked spectacular but I think that'll be a, a situation to watch for sure in these exhibition games yeah I, I would have to agree I think that, that with both of you I think Newkirk looked uh, smoother than the video I saw from Pitt uh, looked more athletic his shot was certainly better than his sophomore year uh, I mean, you know, we're looking at a really brief run of practice, as Andy said. So this is comes with all caveats. Uh, but I thought Rob looked like Rob. I, I think that, again, he was rusty. I think that's a fair uh, assessment. I thought his defense was ex- outstanding, but that's always been his calling card. Uh, his shot sort of developed into a calling card as well last year. But but he's always been a guy who was a good defender. And so that didn't surprise me at all. Um, I think that they are different enough. You can just tell in size and the way they move and in ball handling ability, all that. They're different enough where they'll probably be on the floor at the same time a lot this year. And as as we know, I mean, Crean is fine. We, we saw when Yogi was out last year, whenever he sat, Crean's fine having multiple ball handlers on the floor, whether it was Troy Williams, whether it was Rob, whether it was anyone else uh, bringing the ball up. He likes to have multiple guys who can do it. So I don't know if there's going to be a hard point guard this year uh, in the way that we're used to uh, because of the way that that uh, 
you know, no one's really going to fill a pure Yogi role. I don't think unless Juwan Morgan just grabs it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, the one thing to kind of piggyback on that quickly is, uh, you know, you may see, especially with Hartman injured for a while, you could see more three guard, uh, lineups. And I think that gives them some flexibility from a ball handling standpoint. So to Ryan's point, you could definitely see both of them there. I was surprised when I looked up that Newkirk was only six one. He actually looks a little bit bigger than that, uh, as he's yeah. out there. So, um, def- you know, he definitely looks a lot bigger than he's listed. Yeah. So I think that's a good thing. And I definitely think you could see, you know, three of those guys and Kareem has talked about, he wants decision makers. It doesn't necessarily need to be nominally a point guard, but I want guys who make good decisions and move the basketball. So if you can get a few guys out there that can do that, then all the better allows them to get out on the break. So that'll be something to watch as well, for sure. For sure. So as we move forward here, we're going to talk about Thomas Bryant in just a second, uh, along with Deron Davis. But I I do want to mention, if you listen to this on the podcast, the voice that you heard at the very beginning of this episode is Tatiana DeWitt. That is Will's wife, uh, current student at Indiana, and she is participating in IU Dance Marathon this year. And obviously, if you went to Indiana, you know, you know about Dance Marathon. I participated in Dance Marathon uh, when I was a student there. It supports Riley Children's Hospital, and it has been a treasured IU tradition since 1991. And over the last 25 years, we've raised over $24 million for Riley Children's Hospital, which is just unbelievable. And in 2015 alone, Dance Marathon shattered any previous year's total by raising an incredible $3.88 million. So here's a message from Tatiana, and we obviously want to support her and support IU Dance Marathon. This year, she is trying to do, well, Dance Marathon is trying to do the impossible once again and raise even more. And they need the help of, of all of us, uh, all the Hoosiers out there. Tatiana's personal fundraising goal is 3000 and she says that she's going to continue raising that goal higher each time she reaches it until the marathon in November. So if you would like to help make miracles happen at Riley, please consider making a donation no matter how large or small. And to do that, go to her fundraising page. And if you just go to assemblycall.com slash IUDM, that will redirect you to Tatiana's fundraising page. You can donate there. It supports the overall cause for IU Dance Marathon and Riley Children's Hospital. Uh, I donated, uh, and I certainly encourage you to do so as well. So again, it's assemblycall.com slash IUDM. Support Tatiana, support IU Dance Marathon, and most importantly, support Riley Children's Hospital. All right, fellas. So moving on, let's talk about Thomas Bryant. And of course, <laughs> it was the uh, the boot scene, uh, scene round Hoosier Nation there, the picture <laughs> from Chronic Hoosier uh, when he was taking his tour of Assembly Hall that showed Thomas Bryant in the boot. Uh, and of course, word got around and Thomas, you know, squashed a lot of the concern by saying that he's fine and he'll be back practicing soon. It's just a sprained ankle. Uh, and by soon, he meant within the next couple of days. So uh, we assume that he will be fine and out there for Hoosier hysteria. But let's talk real quick about Thomas Bryant and then also get into some Deron Davis talk, because one of my favorite images from the entire practice was seeing Thomas and Deron standing side by side because you just I mean, Duran is a big guy and Thomas looks bigger, too. But you just you know how much better both of those guys will get by playing each other. And Duran even swatted Thomas a shot at one point. So, I mean, it is going to make Thomas better having, you know, getting to bang down low with Duran. I thought Thomas looked good. Uh, Ryan, what were your impressions of Thomas Bryant? I I thought he looked much more fluid uh, in a lot of his movements. I thought that his shot looked better. I thought that he was moving from the perimeter in. Uh, I thought that Crean made a great mention about how he wanted five. He wanted basketball players. He didn't want a post player or a guard or whatever. And they were all, you know, all the post guys are running through the perimeter drills, and 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 then all the perimeter guys would. We didn't see them, but we'll run the post drills. And uh, those weren't televised. The post drills weren't televised. But he said that that would happen later. They had to mix things up to get that five on five on for the uh, for the cameras. Um, but I, I agree with you, man. Duran looks big. And clearly, obviously, he's way behind because he didn't get there until later in the summer. But that is going to be a fun practice rivalry for the people that get to watch it. I mean, obviously, we don't get to watch it on a regular basis because practices are closed. But, man, that that is going to be fun because those are two big guys like IU has not had in recent memory going up against each other consistently. Uh, big, tall, long guys who are extremely talented. And, and that's a real situation where you're going to get two guys who are competent. And, and it could be a situation where Duran doesn't play much until later in the year because he's came in so far behind and needs to adjust to the practices and, um, you know, the new world of college basketball. But just get in shape. Yeah, you know, get in college basketball shape, which takes a while. 
Um, that's the advantage to coming in the summer. But I think that watching Bryant and 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 Davis go up against each other, you can see that that iron's going to sharpen iron there, and they're going to get better. They both are going to get a lot better, and it's going to be a benefit to both of them, and uh, especially Duran because he is getting a crash course in college basketball every day by playing a guy who's a preseason All-American like Thomas Bryant. I mean, he only made 70% of his twos, you know, <laughs> try and defend that, Duran. Welcome to college yeah. basketball. <laughs> hey, welcome to campus, kid. Here you go. You know, yeah, guard Thomas Bryant every day. Andy, your impressions of, of Indiana's preseason All-American. Yeah, I, you know, just kind of looking over my notes here. I talked about, you know, leadership. I thought he had a good touch on his shot. You know, we saw him take some uh, shots from either three-point range or some other face-up jumpers. And I think... It, you know, the other thing I wrote was he's going to do a little bit of everything. And I think we, we saw that over the course of that practice where, you know, had some chances to play in the post during some of those, you know, more scrimmage components of it, but also was able to face up and shoot. Uh, they talk so much about, you know, everybody working on guard skills. I think Crispin brought that up uh, as well, where they, you know, the big guys go through the guard drills to, to get their, uh, you know, their ball handling skills and those kinds of things better. I think you, Brian is a guy who clearly, uh, is going to embrace that, and and obviously see you see that from a just a, a physical standpoint with how much he's, uh, you know, how much more muscular he is and things like that. We talked about that after that North Carolina game where, um, he, you know, the the older post guys of, of North Carolina were able to push him around a little bit, and you could tell that that's something that he really worked on getting stronger uh, and getting tougher. And I think you add that to the, you know, his emotion and and that kind of feel for the game. I think that becomes uh, incredibly important and a pretty tough combination to beat. Uh, in terms of Davis, the only other thing that I would I would jump in with the block stuck out, but also he made a really nice backdoor pass, and I think is a guy who uh, we'll, we'll talk about, and I think we've talked about this before as you know good overall skill level. He's not a wow you athlete, um, you know, regardless of what shape he's going to be in, um, but I think he's going to you know be able to give them some really nice minutes, and ideally, um, maybe we get to a situation where he and Bryant can play alongside one another. Um, but a guy like Bryant allows him to one learn a lot in pro- in practice, but also gives IU the chance to bring him along relatively slowly. Uh, particularly because he was, you know, late getting to campus and those kinds of things. So uh, I think, I, you know, you look forward to what a guy like him can become because you can kind of see the the raw tools there. Uh, and as he gets more refined, he's just going to get better and better. So it, it, one of those, I think we're going to feel that way about a lot of these freshmen uh, just in terms of envisioning what they're going to look like over, you know, a few years in the program. Yeah, I think that the, the thing with Davis, and we mentioned this when he was a recruit, was he's just a good basketball player. It's, you know, he has skills that fit, all different types of scenarios and situations. And he's not just an athletic guy. They're going to need to turn into a basketball player. He's already there. And another guy that I think that we all feel that way about is Juwan Morgan. And, and I thought that, and Crispin pointed this out during the practice practice, man, that kid's going to be good was what he said a couple times. And, and uh, I just think that Juwan is a guy who, first of all, looked taller and looked bigger than he did before did last year. I know he hasn't really, uh, I know he really hasn't gotten to uh, to to play a lot of contact basketball yet. I don't think he's gotten to play any yet because of the shoulder uh, surgery. But he's a guy who clearly worked on his game because what you saw in that practice was not the same guy from last year. And I liked him last year. I thought he was a good player last year. But now he certainly looks like a guy who can contribute a lot right now. And that's going to be very valuable with Colin Hartman out uh, for whoever know, who knows how long. Uh, and, and, and having multiple guys like Juwan and OG Ananobi who can kind of be Swiss Army knives and fit in really anywhere based on situation, just plug them in and they go and they can work with the system, uh, is so valuable in college basketball. Everyone wants to put people into a, a pegged out role, but having guys that can do multiple things is so valuable. And uh, Juwan looked great, and, and I think that's incredibly encouraging, especially considering he's coming off an injury and he still looked fantastic. Well, to anyone who listened to the Peaks podcast hosted by Ken Bykoff, he had Don Fisher on the most recent episode. And, you know, Fish has seen some Indiana basketball in his time. And he was asked about Juwan. And he basically said Juwan Morgan has a chance to be like a special player in Indiana basketball history. And Ken, I think, gave him a chance to like correct himself and like walk it back a little bit. And he didn't. I mean, Fish sounded really, really bullish on Juwan Morgan. And we saw flashes of it last year, you know, doing it all the while with that hurt shoulder. And, you know, we joke about Juwan playing point guard. That wasn't a joke. Like Crean even said during the practice, Juwan was the backup point guard last year, legitimately. 
And I mean, a guy who's that skilled and can guard so many positions. I mean, you're right, Ryan. I mean, he is a huge part uh, of what is going to make Indiana successful this year. And you just hope that he's healthy and that that shoulder doesn't, uh, uh, you know, bring any problems up during the season. And another guy whose health everyone was interested to see was James Blackman Jr. And I thought his shooting was erratic for the 60 minutes that we saw him. Uh, but I never worry about the shooting with James Blackman Jr. because that will be there. The most encouraging move for me is when he took it right down the lane and dunked. Great, you know, it looked good leaping off of one foot. Um, you know, to me, he looked healthy. He looked good. He looked confident. It was everything that I wanted to see from James, a guy who was so important to Indiana this year. And Andy, I know we tweeted about this earlier today. Luke Wynn at SI.com did his point projections, trying to project the leading scorers in the country. And he had James at 13th in the country, averaging 17.8 points, which obviously would be a step up from the, the 15 and change that he's averaged in two seasons as a Hoosier. Uh, and I think James is going to need to do that. I mean, I think he's going to need to be a scorer on that level for Indiana. Uh, from what I saw in the one practice, he looked good. What were your impressions of James? Yeah, just to clarify one thing on that Luke Wynn piece, uh, they basically he only included uh, power conferences and I think whatever at, whatever kind of uh, non-power conference at large teams there were. But of that list, you're right, he was he was 13th, and so um, I was actually surprised that other IU guys weren't on the list. I was surprised Brian didn't make it, but um, I, I thought you know the thing that stuck out to me, and this kind of goes back a little bit to Kareen in the practice. He was he was really talking with James a lot about technique on a few different things. So he talked about. Um, you know, when he came off a, acted like he was coming off a screen about leading with his left foot into his jumper, uh, talked to him about, you know, doing step backs and, and kind of how to dribble the ball and, uh, kept saying something to, you know, don't use a dribble if it's not any different than the one right before it, uh, essentially that really trying to, to get some things, uh, across there. So I think it's good that, you know, working on those little fine tuning aspects that are going to help him, you know, be a better shooter, be a better scorer. Uh, and so I think those things are, those things are positive another thing that stuck out to me at practice but yeah I, I, to me the best thing was he, he just looked healthy um in listening to him immediate day he sounds confident in the knee and i think that's something that is a, a pretty big hurdle for a lot of guys in that situation to get over particularly somebody like him who has had other knee issues in the past so uh i think that's a positive sign the fact that he trusts it and, and already feels so good about it and so uh i think and I, you know i like what Crean's doing with him really trying to refine those you know, those little things that are going to help his shot be that much more effective and him be that much more effective uh, would that be off the dribble, coming off the screens and things like that. So uh, I, I was overall encouraged by it. I, I definitely fall into your camp of uh, a guy like that with a proven ability to shoot the basketball. I don't worry too much to watch one practice and uh, and see him not make shots. That starts to become a pattern in games and a whole bunch of other things, and maybe we can have a separate conversation. But uh, I didn't see some of that, and he certainly made his fair share even over the, the course of the remainder of practice. Uh, yeah, I thought that, uh, one of the things that, that was really encouraging about James was that every time that, that Crean corrected him in some way, he wound up making the shot afterwards. You know, he'd say, James, you're fading back. You're fading back. Good. Do it again. Do it again. And he'd go up and he wouldn't fade back and he'd make the shot. And, and then, you know, it was, you know, when you go into that shot, you need a power dribble and, and, and you didn't do that there. Make sure the two dribbles aren't the same. As Andy said, he'd do it. He'd make the shot. Uh, you know, don't let your feet drift. He'd do it. He'd make the shot. So I think that, that part of it might just be rust, you know, or, or practicing without coaches around, um, and, and, and he's starting to get that corrected as far as his shot goes. Main thing about James, as you guys mentioned, he looked healthy. He, he's moving really well. Uh, he might even be a little more athletic than he was before. And sometimes that happens to guys when they go through a knee, uh, rehab is everything else gets better uh, as they're rehabbing the knee, you know, they get stronger, they get faster, all that stuff. So I, I think that that was encouraging. And I think he looks, he looks good and maybe even a little better than we saw him last year. And you know, he might have a chip on his shoulder. I think when you hear some of his comments from media day, I think kind of hearing some of the comments that people had last season, you know, when Indiana got better on defense and a lot of people credited that to James being out, I think he may come back with a little chip on his shoulder. And I don't think that would be a bad thing at all, especially if it compels him to play with a little bit more of an edge on the defensive end. Uh, you know, so we'll see. But he looked good on offense and and. Look, Indiana has enough defenders where they really need James is to be that offensive catalyst and be that guy scoring 16, 17 Whoa, whoa, whoa. Points. When was the last time we said something like that? Indiana has enough defenders that we don't <laughs> need everybody stepping up. And we could have been talking about the football team. You know, like it's a new era of IU sports here. What's going on? It's true. Um, all right, so real quick, I do want to remind everybody, especially if this is your first time listening to us on the Assembly Call, uh, go to assemblycall.com slash join and activate your free membership. 
Uh, our post-game show is always freely available, but when you're a member, you get access to our live chat, you get access to our halftime show, you get access to our six-banner Saturday IU basketball news roundups, as well as our renowned post-game analysis emails that we send out the morning after every game, uh, and there are some other perks as well. But go to assemblycall.com slash join and make sure that you activate that membership before the season starts because you're not going to want to miss any of our content. And so we hope that you'll join us, assemblycall.com slash join. All right, fellas. Well, let's wrap up here uh, and let's talk about some of the guys that we haven't mentioned yet. And let's talk about some of the newcomers. We mentioned Duran Davis. We mentioned Josh Newkirk. But there are some other guys out there uh, that we need to mention. McRoberts, Devontae Green, Curtis Jones, uh, Grant Gilon, Freddie McSwain obviously didn't do much. He's injured. Uh, but it was nice to see him at least getting involved in the drills. And you like seeing that at this IU practice. Nothing is wasted. And I thought Crean had a great quote. And I'm going to mess this up. But he basically said something like, you know, I tailor my practices to the most important players. And every player is the most important player meaning he's got something for everybody. So whether it's Colin Hartman doing stationary shooting drills or Freddie McSwain getting in drills just so he can pass, everybody's doing something, which is so great to see. Um, and I thought it was nice to see, especially, you know, I'll talk about Curtis Jones and Devontae Green real quick. You know, I think they're guys who are going to play important minutes for this team, especially if there's any injury to Josh Newkirk, James Blackman Jr., Robert Johnson. Those guys are going to play big minutes. Uh, but I think either way, Indiana's going to need Curtis Jones shooting. And I think Devontae Green is a guy who can work his way into the rotation by being a strong defensive player. Ryan, what did you see uh, from any of the newcomers that jumped out to you? One thing, uh, one thing I really liked was Grant Gillon just looked like a really solid basketball player. I mean, on both ends of the floor, he just didn't do anything wrong. I mean, he was one of the guys you never heard Crean correcting, uh, honestly. Uh, he just – he was always in the right spot. He made some nice passes. He was solid. He was all over the floor defensively. Uh, just a guy who – I mean, and I hate making this comparison because you get the white guy for white guy comparison thing, but he reminds me of Colin Hartman when he was younger. That's that's who he, who, he, who it is. And and he's just a solid basketball player. And Crean mentioned that to, to Crispin. He said, you know, this is a guy that – you know, if we paid attention to rankings, we never would have recruited him. And he's one of the best basketball players we've got all around. And, you know, that that showed it really showed during that practice. I mean, he's a guy who may not play much this year because there are guys who fill that role. Uh, but he's certainly going to be an Indiana basketball player for a while. I mean, he's going to be a guy who we talk about and make makes an impact. I thought McRoberts looked surprisingly good. I, I really hadn't seen much of him. Uh, I thought he looked like a well-rounded basketball player as well. And and Curtis Jones, I mean, look, that guy is an elite prospect, and he is going to be very good. I don't know how much he's going to play this year. Obviously, he's going to get time. There's no question about that. Uh, but it might be limited minutes, but that might be good for him to get to sort of be a freshman and learn on the job slowly like OG and, and Jawan Morgan got to do last year. And for I, I think Green, Devontae Green is really a uh, a wild card. We're, we're not sure how much he's going to play, but he's a guy who prides himself on his defense, looked, looked like he belonged. It did not look like the, mo the, you know, the practice was too big for him. So uh, we'll see. I mean, you know, again, one thing I think we've got to say again is that this was one practice. It was one hour of one practice. It was hard to get a huge read on everybody. But I thought that for the most part, everybody out there really looked like they belonged and, and uh, looked like they knew what they were doing, looked like they could compete and looked like they could hang at this level. Yeah, I, I just to kind of run down the list, I'll do a couple quick thoughts on on everybody. I thought Jones, I mean, you can just see how athletic he is. Um, and so if they can get him in situations it's where he can use he is ridiculously athletic, by the way. It's it's gonna be fun. Yeah. So yeah, can you get him in there and be like a, you know, early on just say, go be a defensive stopper and, and use your length and do some of those kinds of things. I think the ability to ease them in. Uh, is going to be big, as we talked a little bit about with Deron Davis. And so um, I think he can do that, figure out how to put him in situations where he can take advantage of his athleticism uh, and work through that. I thought uh, Devontae Green looked like he had a really quick release on his shot, made some nice uh, – made some nice deep shots. I know his coach, you know, reading some of the things about him and said, you know, he's a guy that can really get hot uh, from the outside. And uh, I, I just, everything you read about him, I just like his mentality. I haven't watched him play hardly at all, but uh, feel like he's going to be a good guy there. He's going to challenge people in practice. He's not going to let, uh, you know, he's going to be a good, even scout team guy over the course of the season is, is going to help guys get prepared. Um, but I think, you know, either one of those guys and maybe both are going to, you know, have some games when they really help uh, IU when other people are in foul trouble or things like that. 
Uh, McRoberts, I, I would agree. I, I really um, curious to see what he looks like after essentially taking a year off uh, after he left Vermont. So I think he'll round back into shape. But does he become a Ryan Burton type guy that you can bring in and uh, and give you some key minutes? in certain spots and, and make some shots. Uh, Jared, I think as you tweeted out during the thing, Kareen really worked with him a lot. It seemed like at the beginning. And I think some of that is probably getting that rust off, getting him back into playing, you know, organized D one basketball. Uh, it's great that he was able to do that before at Vermont, but you know, for a year, not doing that, um, getting him back into that rhythm. And then as far as McSwain, you know, not really much you can, uh, you can look at there. His shot seemed a little, erratic which i think is uh, everything that we had already you know kind of talked about and seen before but curious to see him at full strength and i think grant uh i believe it's actually galon uh, i did look up the pronunciation because i was afraid that i was doing it wrong so now i'm gonna have to retrain myself but i i would yeah i thought what ryan said was good just didn't seem to make any mistakes made a lot of smart plays no idea how much he's really going to play um but ryan you missed some opportunities in the traditional like comparing him to a white guy you needed to use terms like scrappy uh gym rat coach on the floor lunch pail Basically, anything people said about Aaron Kraft is uh, yeah. opportunities Coach, to like throw those things in there. Coach, Coach on the floor, on the that's floor. a good one. That's a good always one. in the right spot at the right time. <laughs> yeah, perfect. So yeah, feel free to you know throw those out later. But no, I, I was fairly impressed with everybody. I mean, I think there's good things you can take away from all those guys, and uh, at, at this point, I think that's all you can ask for. All right, real quick, guys, thirty seconds each. What's the most important thing that you're looking forward to at Hoosier Hysteria on Sunday? Ryan, you first. Uh, I want OG to win the dunk contest. That's really it. I don't, I want, I want him cause he's so, uh, you know, he doesn't show emotion that often and he doesn't get out. I want him to just go nuts and do something ridiculous and then just kind of walk away. You know, the dunk contest cool. terrifies me. I just want to see the guys land and be healthy. I don't know. I get so nervous. During you are the dunk no, contest. you are no fun at all. Morris. <laughs> no, I'm not. Let's do shooting contests. It's before the season dunk contest after the season. Andy. Ah, I really, I really don't know. Maybe the uh, Thomas Bryant was crowdsourcing intro music, so I'll be curious to see how that. Uh, yeah, Luke how Bryant that was up. apparently the leader in the clubhouse. So. Oh boy, he's got the uh, he his his Twitter handle is like No Limit something. I was I was hoping for some uh, Master P to show up for the uh, No Limit Soldiers. So that's really uh, I'm really holding out about that. That uh, shows my age to a certain extent, and so I guess uh, if I had to pick anything, it would be that. But now I just I that that to me is hardly a practice or hardly anything it's just something for the fans to get excited about so anything they can do to kind of get people pumped up show their personalities a little bit i think that aspect of it is always kind of cool and uh should be it should be a fun time all right fellas well let's go around the horn uh let's do our last call by the way i will mention we have this episode tonight we have another episode next tuesday the 25th it will be at the exact same time eight o'clock eastern seven o'clock central we will continue with our season preview dive into some of indiana's upcoming opponents especially in the non-conference schedule uh any important takeaways from hoosier hysteria certainly there could be some recruiting news by then uh, with tremont waters deciding on wednesday and who knows when chris wilkes will decide uh, and then billy preston a five-star recruit at hoosier hysteria so we'll cover any of that that occurs and we want to take your questions so if you have questions for us before the season starts you can tweet us at assembly call email me jared at assemblycall.com either way uh, we really want to tailor that show toward what you want us to talk about since it's the last show before the exhibition games start and we uh hit the ground running with post-game shows uh all right last call ryan you're up first well, I wanted to give out a mention to, you know, from the televised practice, one thing I noticed was how hard the managers were working. I mean, not not just the coaching staff, the guys who get paid a lot of money to do what they do, but those managers were breaking a sweat big time. Uh, you know, they were as into it as the players, working hard. A lot of them obviously are former players, so they know what it takes to get somebody better and, and the kind of preparation you need. And they were all into it and, and throwing everything they had into it. And I think that it, that's something that goes unnoticed a lot are, the, are all the little things that make a program great and, and that make a place like Indiana work basketball-wise. And, and, you know, the managers are incredibly important. And you heard Kareem talk about that a little bit, you know, how many of his guys have gone on to to, to work in the NBA and things like that. Um, so, I mean, just a shout out to those guys because they really work their tails off. And, and you can see that just from an hour of one practice. You can imagine what the rest of their day is like, you know, when you're going two hours of practice. These are guys who are not on scholarship. You know, I mean, they're they're not they're doing this because they love it and they want to be involved. And and uh, it's really nice to see them do that, work their butts off and, and not complain. Absolutely. Andy, last call. 
Well, I think uh, I speak for everybody when I, I say how excited I am for the season. We squeezed uh, every bit of 45 minutes out of a one-hour televised made-for-TV practice and probably could have gone far longer. So uh, I think that speaks to the excitement about the team. But I, just so many things to... Uh, to be excited for. And I think, you know, what I really want to look for is, is can this team get healthy here pretty quickly? Um, you know, it's, it seems like just a freak series of incidents, none of them all related to practice, just all kind of little things here and there. And so you started to see, you know, OG sound like had an injury. Um, he's, he looked good. Robert Johnson getting back, chipping the rust off Blackman. So I think things are trending in the right direction on those, but uh, want to see them get healthy. But what struck me about, even with that, and, and you mentioned this a little bit was just how, uh, Crean worked to involve those guys, but also just how engaged they were um, as they went in uh, during one part of the the drills where they, um, you know, somebody was taking the ball inbound. You saw Juwan Morgan standing over next to him, pointing out what to do and, and some of those things. So these guys that are uh, may not be able to be on the floor for one reason or another are really dialed in. And, and I think that makes you that much more excited to watch this group of guys and, and uh, just for watching for a little while and, and kind of talking through and hearing what people are saying about these guys. I think it's going to be uh, an exciting group to watch. I don't know that all the uh, everything, it's not going to be all blue skies and green lights. I don't think uh, given the schedule and some of the injury things as we go, but uh, definitely excited to see these guys come together. I think there's a lot of good potential there. Uh, and this is the time that uh, hope springs eternal. And I think we, we all got pretty excited just to, after watching an hour of these guys go at it. Yep. And I think I speak for everybody when I say I was just happy that Indiana got through that practice without injuries. That's that's the big thing. Got to get this team healthy, especially to that first game and through the non-conference schedule. That seems like it's, you know, it's kind of the elephant in the room. It's kind of the thing that that feels like it could hold this team back. So hopefully the Hoosiers can get healthy and that won't be an issue. Uh, for my last call, my final statement, I actually want to go and recognize a Hoosier who played last year, who's not on this year's team. But I want to recognize Troy Williams for some outstanding play in the preseason for the Memphis Grizzlies. I don't know if you've been watching what Troy is doing, but I think he's first or second in the NBA in scoring in the preseason, doing an unbelievable job uh, shooting well from three point range, just doing Troy Williams things, except not turning the ball over that much and really making it a difficult decision for Memphis. It was kind of assumed that he would be going to the D league. Uh, but I think Memphis may end up keeping him because they don't want someone else to snatch him. He's played that well. So kudos to Troy. A lot of people questioned his decision to go pro. Uh, and again, it's a small sample size, but he's been dynamite in the preseason. We hope that continues. Uh, Nick Zeisloft was waived by the Pacers, but he'll be playing for Fort Wayne in the D League. Uh, and Yogi, it looks like the Nets have cut down to 16. He's one of those final 16, so we will see if he makes the final roster. But good luck to all of those guys as they embark on their uh, on their future careers as professionals. Certainly they are gone, and we won't be talking about them this year, but we haven't forgotten them. Uh, and just a huge hat tip to Troy for a great start to his NBA career. All righty. Well, part one of our preseason preview, our 2016-17 preview special is done. We will be back next week with part two. We hope to have your questions. Uh, and your feedback so we can really tailor the show toward what you want us to talk about. We appreciate you watching us live at assemblycall.com slash live. We appreciate you listening on the Sports Buzz and listening on the podcast. Uh, we love you guys. Thank you for being such a great audience. And we will talk to you all next week on another brand new episode of The Assembly Call. Sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. Tonight's Mega Millions jackpot is over $250 million. Whew. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player client. Sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. Tonight's Mega Millions jackpot is over $250 million. Whew. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player client. Some people just know there's a better way to do things, like bundling your home and auto insurance with Allstate, or hiring someone to move your piano instead of doing it yourself. So do things the better way. Bundle home and auto and save up to 25% with Allstate. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.